Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my dad. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing great. A happy Ready for the playoffs. A happy new year to you. Uh, to everyone. A happy new year to everyone. Um, and yes, the playoff begins. But before we do that... For the NFL, let's look back at the week that was, Week 17, in a week that everybody kind of figured would just be ho-hum, but there were a couple couple surprises. Uh, first of all, those 1 o'clock games were um, bore fests. Um, you know, I, I, I felt out of necessity. I just had to pay attention to the Jets-Patriots game. Um, I don't know why I did that, but aside from that game, in which New England obviously won, and Bryce Petty played, I don't know, okay, I guess. Um, those one o'clock games were not really interesting. Uh, Dallas with a six no- nothing win over the Eagles, but you know what does that really mm-hmm. mean? Giants won. Uh, so Giants won, which ah, which had uh, a lot of people concerned if you know they wanted to keep that number two pick, but the Colts actually won as well, twenty two to thirteen over the Texans. So the Giants with the Colts winning held on to the number two pick, which was kind of... So it was a win-win situation? It really was. You go out on a win, and you still get the number two pick. The number one pick will obviously be going to the now historically 0-16 Cleveland Browns, who played... They played hard, but... They could have won? They could, 28-24, absolutely, but special teams killed them. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I believe, had the kick return for a touchdown, uh, which kind of... Which put the game out of reach. He's a difference maker. Yeah, he absolutely is. You know, look, I'm not saying that he's a replacement for Antonio Brown, but boy, nice compliment. Oh boy, oh boy, absolutely. That's a one A. That's a one B right there. Is that that's the fantasy uh, plus? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, so going around the four o'clock games was really where it was. A uh, c- couple of things, Jimmy Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo. Still undefeated, thirty-four thirteen win against the against their rival, the Rams. Now, of course, the Rams, you know, took it a little bit easy, but still, unbelievable there. Um, and the games of note, you had Tampa Bay playing real hard and winning thirty-one to twenty-four over the Saints, which would have helped the Panthers actually win the division and host this week uh, in the first round, but. They played hard, the Buccaneers did. Um, Winston, 363 yards passing. Um, mm-hmm. But it was all for naught because, um, you know, uh, Atlanta held on to a 22-10 to win over the Panthers uh, in Atlanta. And um, by way of that, Carolina now has to face New Orleans. Well, the, I mean, the big story is three teams out of that one division. Uh, which goes to which is that the uh, strength for the division because it's so even and even with the Buccaneers, you know, not. Playing well, it's hard long. to do because you got to beat each other up too. Yeah, and they were able to do it and hope for a lot of things around the league. You know, you hope for the Lions to fall apart and the Packers to fall apart, and uh, both of those teams did over the course of the year. And of course, the vaunted uh, uh, AFC e- or NFC East: Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants, and just. Just the Eagles came out on top, limped out, but still came out on top in that division. So yeah, that that is a lot to to do for one division to have all to have three teams in the playoffs. Absolutely. So the Falcons win, uh, Saints lose, but still host uh, this week, and we'll get to that. Um, and then of course, and also with Seattle losing in Seattle, twenty six twenty four. Cardinals win there. Um, that knocked them out of the playoffs no matter what happened in any that, of the other games. That was games. a huge surprise, no? Uh, I guess. but uh, And we'll get to the coaching changes, too. But you got to think maybe that with the Arians thing. And their quarterback retiring. And the quarterback retiring, too, which we'll get to, absolutely. Yeah, there's just a lot of things working in the favor. Um, but Seattle had had one thing to do and win, and they they just didn't. So then that moves <laughs> over to the AFC, which they also had a little bit of drama. 
Tennessee wins over Jacksonville, 15-10. to 10. Jacksonville played hard, but Bortles, wow, did he fall back to earth. 158 yards passing. Um, just it didn't it didn't work well for them. I mean, Jacksonville's living on their defense, and rightly so. It's the number one ranked defense this season, uh, but they still couldn't get it done. But the game before the playoffs, if you're playing your starters, you 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 want offense to uh, to have a showing, and that didn't happen. Right. And the concern was, or concern, the interest was that this would be the third week in a row the wild card weekend that Jacksonville and Titans would play again. But because of Cincinnati playing their hearts out um, over knocking the Ravens out, knocking the Ravens out 31 to 27 um, on a late defensive stop in Baltimore, Baltimore, that crowd was so silent. And you know, I, I John Harbaugh was right. Those fans didn't come out, which at the same time, you can't be blaming. Yeah. Them. But you know, that, that, you know, he hasn't had the, you know, consistency in that team, and they're not able to score. I mean, they scored a, a bit in that game, but, I mean, that was the problem this year with them. Well, we we can't also feel bad for the Ravens. I mean, this was a team that was embarrassed in that London game against the Dolphins. I mean, Flacco, what, he... he five interceptions in one quarter? I mean, that right. was... we That was... We had them dead to rights then. And just because of this, that, and the other thing, they were able to come back late in the season. But that after yeah. that Steeler game where they where they lost with the lead, they lost it. They never seemed to regain any momentum, and so Cincinnati knocked them out for sure, which moved the Jacksonville game to now host the uh, long time uh, playoff deficit Buffalo Bills. 17 years without a playoff appearance finally ended. Amazing. With a 22-16 win in Miami over the Dolphins, coupled with the Ravens' loss. And there are videos all over YouTube of Bills fans watching the end of that um, Baltimore-Cincinnati game, cheering, and just the, the happiness of Western New York. Um, to see the Bills in. So because of that, um, now you, now they get to face Jacksonville, and Tennessee goes to Kansas City. Uh, and the Chargers were hoping, hoping against hope, that the Bills would lose because it worked out for them for the Ravens losing, but they needed the Bills to lose, and that didn't happen. So the Chargers... But that early season stumble, they, they couldn't overcome that. Well, they had, it, they had it really locked in early in the season, and just, I think that, that Thursday night loss... Uh, no, I'm sorry, that Saturday night loss against the Chiefs, that hampered them. That set them back uh, a couple weeks ago. But, you know, they they finished the season strong 30-10 over the Raiders. Rivers with 387 yards uh, passing. Um, Keenan Allen, 133 yards receiving. So they played well against the Raiders team that, you know, they're on the, they're on the way down at least for right now, but. Uh, before we get into the coaching changes and all these sort of off-season uh, Black Monday stuff, let's look at the the week upcoming for the wild card. <clears throat> yeah. So we've got four games, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday starts with Tennessee at Kansas City. Um, that opened up at an eight. Uh, Kansas eight, City. Yeah, I saw that. Kansas City given eight. Um, and then the night game, Saturday night game, plum spot for NBC. And I think this might be their make-do with the Rams, L.A., um, again, hosting Dude. Atlanta. That opened up uh, Rams minus five. No, that's Sunday. That's Sunday night. No, that's Saturday night at eight fifty. Saturday night. Look, okay. Saturday, you know, I with first of all with the weather being what it is, I don't know how many people are going out. I mean, yes, we all go. You know, America goes out on a Saturday night. We know this, but with the weather being it is, and plus L.A. I mean that that's a big West Coast audience you're getting for a you know a local team at 4:30. I mean you, you can go there. You can you can be out in California, watch that game, have it be over, and then you can go out to your nightlife situation. So, um, and then the Sunday you get one o'clock Buffalo at Jacksonville. Jacksonville given eight and a half that opened at, and then Carolina at New Orleans 4:30 on Sunday. New Orleans given six. So big, um, you know, the, the, it looks like Vegas really favors the home teams right now. Uh, yeah. who, who do you like this, this wild card? Well, weekend? I mean, it's, I, I'm thinking maybe the Bills with eight and a half. 
because I don't expect a lot of points being scored in that game. What is that? I think the over-under is like 39.5. and a half. That's the lowest, and I, I do kind of agree with that. Um, Jacksonville's got a really strong – like I'm seeing – I'd be surprised yeah. if there is not a defensive score in that game by Jacksonville. I'd actually be surprised. Like yeah. you know, I, the, I know these aren't the '85 Bears; these aren't the 2000 Ravens. Well, but. yeah, but the, you know, the thing that always bothers you is, and you know, it's good. The defense really dominates, and they, you know, strip the ball, strip sacks, and defensive scores. You know that 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 can get ugly quick. It can but get it, ugly quick, and you know, Tyrod. Look, Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. But he's not one that I'd really trust in the playoffs. Plus, no, he doesn't stretch the field. No. Um, and plus everything short intermediate plus LaShawn McCoy's got a sprained ankle. I think it's a high ankle, high ankle sprain. Ooh, that's a huge problem. I mean, this is a guy who lives on his feet, so he's going to try. Obviously he's going to try and push it. It's your first playoff appearance in 17 years and there's no guarantee you're coming back next year. So he's going to try it, but I don't know. He might be more of a decoy. He might be more of, you know, you don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if they're going to pound the ball. They might get a little bit, uh, right. They might get a little uh, fancy with it, try to throw it. But Jalen, <laughs> yeah. Jalen, look, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey in that bat in the, the defensive backfield for Jacksonville is so good. Oh, he is. And that's, that that that's your that's your shutdown. I I know, and I just I I think that not that they're going to um, keep Bortles under wraps, but I mean, all they need to do is just yeah. pound the football with Ivory and Fournette, right. and just go for that, and they can probably. They can probably do it. Um, I, I like Jacksonville in the game to win. I think you might be pretty – I think that's a pretty close one with Buffalo. I, and I do agree the under, I think, might be the best bet. Well, I'm thinking like in the AFC, I mean, it's it's all about the Patriots. And then there's a huge drop in the uh, Super Bowl future uh, until you, the next AFC team really is – The Steelers. Kansas, Kansas – well, yeah, Steelers. Yeah, the, true. Yeah, they're at four and a half to one. And then you drop down to Kansas City. Which, I mean, come on, let's be honest. I, you know, Yeah, it's not realistic. No, it's not realistic. And even with people talking about, because Kansas City, which I do like, I do like Kansas City in the game. They're hosting, um, you know, I think Mariota's questionable for the game. I mean, it's just not, it's not. Well, like he's, he'll play. Right. And I, uh, you know, I, I think Kansas City's going to win this week. Um, right. And there, then that keeps them on track for meeting the Patriots. I mean, anybody who says, "Yeah, well, look what happened in the first week of the season against the Patriots," that's not going to happen again. Let's be honest. Andy Reid going there is just going to fall apart. I mean, last time he was there, he had no idea how to stop the clock. Like I remember watching that game two years ago. <laughs> yeah, two years ago they they're there in New England, and I'm watching yelling at the TV. How do you not stop the clock? Yeah. You're down by two touchdowns, and you're. I, I could. You, you got to beat that. I could not believe it. So I like Jack. I like Kansas City this week. What do you make of that line? Eight. Now it's at eight and a half. Kansas. Yeah, City. I'm thinking for for the Titans. You you like the Titans covering that eight and yeah, a half? I, yeah, eight and a half. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kansas City's improved. I mean, you know, they started out great, had the slack, and then they uh, they're they're coming on now. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to turn down that eight and a half. the The only thing about it is that uh, you know, for as, as much as we get on Andy and and the Chiefs and Alex Smith, that's a really good. That is a good offense, and that's oh yeah, it's exciting to watch. So, yeah. but like, would it be out of the realm of possibilities? And I'm just thinking throwing this out twenty seven ten. Could you see that in that game? Sure. So that makes me think that I think it, Kansas City. Pro, I, I would probably want to take Kansas City in that to cover it. Right. To cover that okay. eight and a half, I, that, I don't know. I just I, it's just something I'm thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. You can't put a lot of. I mean, I'm thinking on the future ball, on the Super Bowl is probably the Titans are the longest shot on the board. Oh, they absolutely are because the offense is the the defense is good. Um, right. You know, I mean, it's they're shaky on offense, yeah. And especially when you don't know what Mariota can do. When do they want right. to do Demarco Murray? Do they want to do Derrick Henry? Who's their wide receiver? Well, I'm glad they make. I'm glad they made it in because that was the uh, w- one of the uh, surprise team picks. Uh, w- w- 
we had before the season started. Oh, that's right. We uh, did have Tennessee. Yeah, we had uh, Winston in uh, Tampa Bay, and that didn't work out. No, that didn't work out at all. Every- and the Mariota. So, so the young guns are, you know, funny we, waking it up. Funny we had Tampa Bay, but the one team in the a- NFC South that didn't make it. We could have picked any other, any one of those other. Any teams. other? I know. What a ridiculous! All right, yeah. so so that's so we like Kansas City to win out. Um, you like Tennessee to cover, uh, and we both like Jacksonville. You kind of like Buffalo to cover. Any other uh, uh, in the NFC games? Um, no, the one you watch is the Rams game. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's that's going to be really interesting. First of all, to see if people actually go to that game. I mean. Uh, I I know the Coliseum holds a hundred thousand people. When nobody should be expecting that to sell out, but I mean a college game, a regular season college game for USC can do eighty thousand. I mean, should I? I think we really have to look at the Rams and see. And I know it's the stadium is part of it. I know once they get the that uh, cathedral in you know in Englewood in a couple of years, that's going to be a different story. But a playoff game should. Garner like eighty thousand people. Am I am I wrong to think that? That uh, well, if if Los Angeles was such a great uh, football market, they wouldn't be you know so many teams coming and going. It's true. Yeah, you, you're right so, about that. You know, it's it's sad. It is. It is, and especially when they had a lot to cheer for this year with the Chargers getting close and playing well for most of the season. And, I mean, look, the Rams have a lot going for them. Sean McVay pretty much seems like he's going to be an almost unanimous coach of the year. Todd Gurley's getting Todd Gurley is getting a lot of MVP um, support. But Carson I, Wentz is... Well, he's getting none, which is shocking. It's like they're out of a... He's gone. How many? He's what was it? Two weeks. He's out because he's been hurt. Isn't that sad? But but then you look at what they've done without Carson Wentz, and I mean that that is almost literally the definition of most valuable player. Like this is a team when people look at the Eagles now with Foles and like, well, this is they're not going to do well if only Wentz was there. Then Wentz is the MVP. I'm sorry. Any? Absolutely. I don't That's what I'm saying. I'm really uh, for and anybody who listens know how I feel about Brady, but I mean anybody uh, the serious talk about Tom Brady as an MVP is maddening. He was not an MVP this year. He wasn't even the best I think offensive around I don't know. He makes a lot of right decisions. Oh, that's great. I don't crash yeah, my car. I, I don't crash I'm my car. Arrested. I don't crash my car every day. You know, I make good decisions. Where's my yeah. prize? But once can do it with his legs. Brady's doing it with his head and his arm. I know, but look, if we all know, and we saw what happened. Well, you're happened, a hater, so. Yes, know. I am, happily. But we saw what happened the one year that Brady was out the whole season. They went 11 and five and didn't make the playoffs. They still went 11 and five. So it's the system. It's not the quarterback. <laughs> so Carson Wentz or Todd Gurley. Um, so uh, what do you like? So you like? Uh, I like the Rams to win. I, I think all the home teams are going to win this week. Um, but, I mean, the Rams have a really good de- – Wade Phillips' defense is always good, especially in the playoffs. Just look two years ago with the Broncos um, all the way to the Super, yeah. Bowl, Super Bowl 50. Um, but what do you make of that line, five, five and a half, however you want to look at it? Well, uh, yeah, I think it started out at that. I think it's now six and a half. Um, so, so, yeah, so the money's on the Rams. It definitely is. I mean, Matt Ryan, I mean, that is a really good offense. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae. You know, Freeman. and then the question always, you know, comes, can can you take your foot off the gas and then put it back on? You know, we'll, we'll see it with the Steelers. I mean, we've seen that before. Right. Right? So, you know, that's the only question with the Rams because they had a, they had a good thing going and then they, they backed off. Well, Atlanta had to play themselves in. They had to They had to play... They had to play these games to win them, and they have. So, and plus, they are the defending NFC champs. Um, but I still don't think that I. I think there is a mental block, and that mental block is twenty-eight to three, and I don't think they're going to get over it. Not this postseason, no. at least. Right? No, no. You, I, I said it last year. You got to tear the whole thing down. You're not going to be able to come back from them. They sque- yeah, that was devastating. There's they, no doubt about it. They they almost squeaked. They basically squeaked into the playoffs. And yeah. now they're going to the best, I think, the one of the best defenses in the NFC, 
because Minnesota. And then the question defense. is, how healthy is Julio Jones? Because he could take, he can take a game over, and even in the Super Bowl, I wish they would have thrown to him more late. They didn't, but Belichick always keeps, you know, who's your best player? Him. All right, we're taking him away from you. I, I, yeah, yeah. Muhammad. I, I don't want to get back into it. It makes me mad. Uh, <laughs> all right, so L.A., yeah, probably to cover as well. Uh, and then Carolina, Carolina at New Orleans. So third time playing against each other. Saints have won both the matchups this year. It, it, is, is this a three-peat for them? You know, three games. That's hard to do. That's very hard to do, but they are in the dome, and the dome is basically like. Wow, they got that Kamara, and that guy makes it. To, wow, what a matchup problem he is. Right, and it, is Cam going to beat them? I don't think Cam's going to beat them. No, no. He, he's like Russell Wilson. He's he's a big part of the team. He is know, running and everything else. He is uh, with the Saints' new defensive backfield. Lattimore is so good. And they, Probably was the whole defense in general. That's the biggest surprise of that team, really. And, you know, their lack of a top-flight wide receiver. You know, I, right. you know it, yeah. it's, there's just something but, missing. But there. Breeze is comfortable to throw to seven different people. Oh, my goodness. My, Michael Thomas, and you're just going to hear his name over and over again, along with Kamora and Ingram. And, right. uh, you know, New Orleans has the better defense, so I, I like New Orleans to win. What about the yes, what about the line seven six and a half seven depending on where six you're and looking. a half I saw yeah I mean, yeah I like yeah. it yeah I think uh, no, I think the Saints can absolutely cover it yeah yeah they're on a mission so would I be wrong in saying that you like the AFC road teams to cover and the NFC home teams to cover would that yes be... okay yeah yeah there you go and that's a good good little breakdown of it so. All right, and we all we agree that the home teams are going to win. So it appears. All right, what's the one? How about give me one road team you think could win this week? Uh, believe it or not, the Panthers because it's hard to sweep three. I will absolutely agree with that. That's hard to sweep. Buffalo, no. Atlanta, maybe, but not really. And Tennessee, no. So I totally agree with you that the Panthers for the. F- for the fact that you have to do it three times, and that's really hard to do in a season. It's it's difficult to, to sweep. And it's divisional. It's divisional. It matters. And, you know, yeah. I mean, don't forget this is a team that was um, two years ago went made the Super Bowl in the Panthers. So There you so, go. So that, there you go. So, um, so the movement in uh, – so Black Monday came and went in the NFL. Um, actually not as many. Well, first of all, one that we thought well, they was were locked talking up. about nine different coaches. Ron. Yeah, I could I could never saw that. No, but I mean, well, first of all, one that we thought was in the bank apparently wasn't. Apparently, Marvin Lewis will stay as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they had they played hard for him for two straight weeks, knocked the Lions out of the playoffs in week sixteen, <laughs> yeah, and then come on. and then of course they that's, def- that's, that's tired. What are they going to get different results now? But here's the other thing. Look at the team, the Bengals. I mean, Mike yeah. Mike Brown's the owner. There's a reason why Lewis was never fired after his difficulty in the playoffs. I mean, the fact that Vontez Perfect basically, you know, just exploded on the field and Adam Jones decided to play head <laughs> games two two years ago against the against Pittsburgh and he didn't get fired then. It's because Mike Brown is he, he's this owner that doesn't want to. So what is it, Andy Dalton? The big problem there, I think, is Marvin Jones. No, I it it might be it might Marvin be Lewis. Lewis. I, I it might just be just something there. That's I think it's the owner. Quite frankly, I think he's the he's the common denominator through all yeah. this time. You know, Andy Dalton plays well. I mean, he's he wasn't he wasn't it's, top it's flight. Pittsburgh's division. It is. It is. It is until you know Ben and and Tomlinson leave. I think it is their division. And even when they're gone, right. they, they'll still find somebody else to slot exactly. in and, and play amazingly. So the Bengals um, keep him on uh, right. as uh, as head coach. So the openings that did happen, Jim Caldwell's out in Detroit. Um, Pagano. Yeah, he, 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 he never excited me, right? He, he looked, he looked like, like he didn't really want to be there. Well, even when he was in, in Indianapolis, I mean, he did... He did bring the Colts to Super Bowl 45, uh, 44, I think it was, uh, 45, whichever, against um, 
The Saints. The Bears? No, the Saints. No, Colts oh. Saints. Um, oh, the Saints. Right. Yeah, down in um, down in Miami, I think that was. Um, so you know, he, he has the ability as a as a as a really good head coach, but now he's just a little bit too bland. It seems you know, exactly. there's no fire, there's nothing there. So not colorful. No, no, no. Um, so he's out in Detroit. Uh, Pagano, which which I I was all on, I was I was on top of that. He's out in Indianapolis. Uh, Jack Del Rio out in Oakland. Um, and the story is Gruden. So Gruden is pretty much he he said he said on uh, the radio a two a day or two ago. Um, I'm likely going to be the Raiders head coach, and he's going to do the game for uh, that. Uh, oh, he's going to be he's being considered. But I mean, the real story is the Rooney Rule. Well, and the actually the Raiders. So they got to fake it, like they're going to got to interview some minority uh, candidates, right? Well, that is the Rooney Rule that you know where you have to. Um, right. So this guy's going to interview the rule. No, that's why he can't make the definitive statement, right? Yeah, Rooney Rule stipulates that each team interview at least one minority candidate when going through the coaching yeah. search. So they're choosing their tight ends coach, Bobby Johnson, uh, somebody who's already on the Raiders staff. Uh, who and they're actually meeting with a second minority candidate to, um, I guess, really. Yeah. So I don't. It, it it they haven't named who that other one is. No. Um, so you know they're just going through. I was saying it's like Gruden jumping the gun. Of course, but you know he still is going to go through with his contractual obligations as the uh, uh, color uh, color commentator for the Kansas City Tennessee game. On Saturday, and you know he he made the statement beforehand because otherwise it's just going to look silly if they don't talk about it. You know the the you know the elephant in the room during the broadcast. They might now that it's out in the open. Now they can kind of talk maybe a little bit more about it, or not even like all right. Well, we've said our piece, so we don't need to go forward with that. So that's that's happening there. Um, and that where's the other? There was another opening somewhere. Uh, oh, Giants, of course, but we've already kind of known about that. Um, and they're t- they're looking at so Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots, he's yeah. being looked at, and of course Josh McDaniels is also being looked at very heavily um, for the Giants' job as well. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, oh, and the Bears, the Bears have and an open. Schwartz, what about Schwartz? Schwartz is pr- he's going to get interviewed by the Giants. He might get it because right. you know the the Eagles' defense has played well, and he was up in Detroit. Prior to um, Caldwell, uh, yeah. and they did make the playoffs a couple times, which was big for them. So he might get another shot at it. You know, it wasn't his fault that Ndamukong Sue, you know, just went crazy and started stepping on people. <laughs> so you know, they. But came... what about Harbaugh? Given the Harney Heine knocker. Oh yeah, exactly. He uh, never recovered from that. No, no. Um, so it seems like the Lions seems to be the plum job. Um, with the Colts followed very closely second. It all depends on what Andrew Luck you get back. Um, True. And uh, the Bears are also a big job, too. I don't know what Trubinsky really is, but, you know, people are going to go there. Now, you think Arians really retired or he would end up? Oh, that's uh, that's the one I forgot. Yeah, so Bruce Arians, after, you know, reports came out, he was going to step down and, you know, he had to go through the press conferences. I don't know where your sources are. What do you, who told you that? And right, then he right, had a, right. ve- a very emotional press conference, which he uh, choked up, and he did say uh, that he was retiring. Which, I mean, if you look at the guy, I mean, he he would he wears red jackets, and his face was the same color. I mean, this is a guy right. who stress is 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 what he yeah. eats for breakfast. So he needed to relax. So that's an also that's a pretty good job too. They don't have a quarterback now that Carson Palmer retired after 15 years, but I mean, I mean, that's a situation. Look, Chicago and New York, I mean, those are big, uh, big metropolitan met- sure, metropolises, sure. and there's a lot of uh, eyes looking your way. If you go out to Arizona, I mean, you, you can fly under the radar. You can pull a Marvin Lewis and be, you know, decent to poor for a couple of years and, you know, get your feet under yourself. Yeah. But I'm, I, I think that the Giants will go with somebody from New England. Um, I've said it before, 
maybe not here, but I truly believe if you look at the Giants' success since um, Parcells, their greatest successes have come underneath somebody from a Parcells tree. Coughlin came from the Parcells tree. Uh, and Belichick is an extension of that Parcells tree. And I think if they get Patricia, Patricia seems like the kind of guy who might be okay in New York. Um, uh, and they want, and Will uh, Gettleman has said he wants a defensive head coach. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of leads me to think that you know they're going to really try to push for Patricia, who is a he is a rocket scientist. Um, that's what his uh, his like that's what his degree is in rocket science. Well, what's the most successful um, Belichick understudy as a head coach? Honestly. Yeah, Mangini. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and that's saying I mean, something. It, well, you got to think of it, and there's been quite a few, right? Cronell gets he he had at least three different head coaching jobs. It feels like, and none of them panned out well. Even that one year, right. even that one year when they were like Kansas City, were they almost undefeated? They were like fifteen and one, and they got bounced in like the first round or whatever. They that one year when they did play well for Romeo, and then. No, um, yeah. Josh yeah. Mc, Josh McDaniels has had one shot and he he fumbled that. Um, yeah. And in Char- Denver, yeah, in Denver, and Charlie Weiss, you know, Notre Dame was not a you know wasn't very good to him. That wasn't a fit. No, and I think that does affect his legacy, Belichick's legacy, a little bit. Um, but I think I mean Mangini out of those candidates, and that's not saying much. Um, probably, I can you think of one? No, no. Oh, Bill O'Brien is—he is in Houston. I mean, they're not doing much, but maybe that might change if Deshaun Watson stays on the field and JJ Watt stays on the field as well. There might be a chance that Bill O'Brien could actually become something. So you know, I'm going to take that back, Mangini. That's a good point. I'm going to take back Mangini and say Bill O'Brien so far, and that's just currently. That's what's going on right now. But Mangini did more to expose Belichick. He did. He did. And it showed that Belichick will allow his will give his assistants blessings to go everywhere, anywhere except the Jets. Which right? Mm, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and actually, the Lions are going to interview the offensive coordinator, uh, their own offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, best name in the coaching ranks, Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, mm. For that, so. Yeah, so th- that's what's going around over there. Uh, now, what's going on in the world of um, um, football college and soccer? Oh, soccer? Um, I actually haven't kept up. I know. Is it Man City that's like gone on a tear? Man City, yeah. The one, they were the ones we talked about last week that had the um, record, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> the record win streak. Um, and I believe, let me take a look real quick. I'm not sure if they've lost since then, if they've had any matches that they've fallen to. Um, n- no, I don't, no, they still, they're 20 and 20 wins, no losses, and two draws. <laughs> is, that, is that incredible? That's incredible. And uh, leading over the hated uh, Man, uh, Manchester United. Uh, anytime Man City can get one up over Man U, you know, everybody's. It's huge. It's big time over there, um, but yeah, there looks like they're <laughs> they've got um, a ten more points over you know Man U, and then Chelsea's right behind them. But I mean, sixty-two points compared to forty-seven. I mean, that's it's outrageous. Yeah, it's close to fifteen. Yeah, that is fifteen. That's fifteen more than the one behind them. So if they can keep <laughs> up that, that'll be, that'll be real big. Sure, so they've seen them do there. We'd have to hear from Alex, see what he thinks about it all. Alex, it's a new year. you gotta, you got to talk to us, my friend. Give us a call. 626-427-7678. Um, let's move back over to uh, the States over here with the other football, the college football. And um, yeah. the national championship game has been decided. At least it's um, uh, combatants. So it started off... Uh, with Oklahoma leading for the majority. And they showed a stat. When Oklahoma scored 30-plus points in the first half, they were 38-0. And, 
and then they lost in double overtime, 54 to 48. Couple things. Number one, first ever overtime game in Rose Bowl history. Now that's 107 years of history, and never once has there been an overtime game. How's that? Did that's they cool. have overtime rules back then? Yeah, of course. No, oh, okay. I thought well, maybe they could just end it. All right. Well, well, then let's let's call it from like 1960 on or 1970 right. on. No, no overtime games. Right. And that's that's shocking to think that that long at the Rose Bowl. That was the Georgia game. Yep, yeah, uh, Georgia Oklahoma. So Georgia, who you know, I didn't think I, I was very surprised and very happy when they won the SEC title. Because they right. never won that game. They've never won. They've never won in a big, uh, big game like that. Here they go, mm-hmm. play Oklahoma and the Heisman Trophy winner, and they they pulled it out. That defense that's been their strong point all year uh, came through. Their running game, which has been strong, came through as well. Um, and well, they was a big part of the game, the run. So they came back. They actually had the lead, thirty thirty eight thirty one. In the middle of the third quarter, then Oklahoma tied it and went ahead on a on a fumble recovery, ran back for a touch by Oklahoma. Still came back, right. but what killed Oklahoma was that overtime when they decided to to not let Baker Mayfield throw the ball once in six offensive plays in overtime. In both overtimes, all of them were runs, and they were terrible plays. Terrible, like just way deep in the backfield they're getting tackled and then what really hurt them was on in the second overtime their attempt at a field goal was blocked and that right and that opened up the door for georgia to kick a field goal win it but hey they can run the ball and they ran it down their throat for yeah, that was a very exciting game that that's what you you know you watch these things for and that was supposed to be the worst of the of the New Year's Day bowls of those semifinal games. That was supposed to be the worst with Alabama Clemson round yeah. three. But that turned in. I turned that game as soon as that pick six happened and was twenty four six. I said now that, I was watching it on the coaches commentary. Right. Oh yeah, because you can watch it in the different ways on ESPN. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they give me some insight before the play. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And they had like something like four or five coaches. I can believe. But you it. think that's too many, you know? But no. Yeah. No. They, they look. They do a good job with these. I mean, the game starting at eight thirty on a on a on New Year's Day evening after yeah, a full day of right. partying when people have stayed up way. But past what midnight. happened? Wasn't it the Cotton Bowl used to be on like at eleven o'clock? Yeah, but the look. When oh, what happened to that? Well, the NFL. See, here's the thing. And first of all, a couple, a couple things. Well, in the past, now here's the thing. Everybody talks about how the Rose Bowl game is played. You cannot move that. That's an institution on January first. The only times it's never played on January first is when the when week seventeen or even the the wild card weekend that Sunday mm. of the NFL games happen. The mm. Rose Bowl doesn't play on the same day as the NFL because college football takes a big silent step back and lets the NFL walk right in and take any spot it wants. And as soon as they're gone, then, okay, now we can go back to our game. So so that's number one. Number two is they've been pushing for the last couple of years, New Year's Eve day, football wall-to-wall. Football, don't, before you go to those parties... Come watch and come watch some college football. No, right. it didn't happen last year. Last year was <clears throat> terrible in terms well, of the ratings. This next year is going to be a huge problem because the championship game is going to be on the 29th. So that's going to be before New Year's. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Hold on a second. That's, that's what I heard. Hold on. Let me let me take a look at this. Um, okay. uh, so. Uh, yeah, so the NFL rules the roost, and that's why next year. Now I know next year they're going to keep because New Year's Eve. Hold on a second, New Year's Eve next year because it was it was on a Sunday this year, so it's going to be on Monday next year. Um. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so oh look at that. 
So I'm seeing, I think you might be right. Hold on a second. Let me go back to this for a second. My apologies to all the listeners. So 2018-2019, the semifinals will be Saturday, December 29th. With the champion. Right. So that's, that mean, and those games are going to be the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl, which got moved off of New Year's Day. See, the only ones that have written into the contract is the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, because Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, hey, we always play. <laughs> we always play on this. So that. That's why they they played because they in their contracts for the television. Yeah, they well, have, they'll still screw it up. They'll find a way. So last time the Orange Bowl and Cotton Bowl held the semifinal games was Thursday, December thirty first, twenty fifteen. So that was two years prior, and right. that didn't do well. I mean, you know, it, nobody watched those games. Um, because it's New Year's Eve, so they're getting off this new here for the next couple of years. Let me go through the next couple of years. Uh, so next year, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. So the semifinal games are going to be Saturday, December twenty ninth. Yes. The following year after that, Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl, Saturday, December twenty eighth. Here's the other thing: they they're college football. They're smart and they smartened up. Wait, we're college football. Let's stay on Saturday. That's good. Okay, twenty. 2020 and 2021, so whatever you want to call that, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl gets it again. That's Friday, December, or January 1st. And then, and then the year after that, 2021, 20, uh, Friday, December 31st, 2021 is the next time that you're going to get those semifinal games on New Year's Eve, which is still, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the last time they're going to touch it for a couple yeah. more years after that. So, yeah, these college football games are getting off. First of all, NFL's around. We're we're nowhere to be seen. And also, New Year's Eve, unless it's like the Outback Bowl, which is played at like noon, they're not going to be playing these games. So on New Year's Day, the Peach Bowl, which UFC completed their, uh, UCF I should say, uh, Central Florida completed their undefeated season. They're good for them. They're actually going to have a uh, ticker tape parade. Yes. Um, to commemorate, like, they hey, consider they consider themselves the champions. Which, to be fair, is kind of how they used to do it before that one year when Nebraska sure. and Michigan hey, were coaching. Undefeated is huge. Undefeated's huge, and you know, unless they're unless, and I really wish that this would happen. NCAA comes out and says what we all know, which is they're the haves and have-nots. You know, there's the big time, the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, right. and then then the have-nots. Oh, those those you know what are you know uh, derogatorily known as the um, was it uh, sisters, uh, poor sisters of Mary. Like, just like right. some, like, really low, oh, you, oh, Central Florida, oh, you think that's so yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, Unless they come out and say that, I mean, good well, for... they're doing something right. 20 and 0? 20, no, not 20 and 0, 13 and 0. 13 and 0. <laughs> I don't think they played that many games. And they beat it. No, I'm S- trying to go, I was going back to the year before. Oh, okay. So they were 13 and 0 this year. And then last year they won, let me look at their schedule real quick. So they went thirteen and zero this year, and then, um, no, 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 they were six and seven the year before, and they actually finished okay. the season last year with three losses. So, uh, less talked about that, the better. And they look—you can't say that that uh, the Knights of Central Florida didn't actually, you know, deserve that because they beat an SEC team. They beat an Auburn team which played in the SEC title game over Alabama because they beat Alabama, which is the presumptive national champion this year. So if you look at it from the if Alabama beats Georgia for the championship game, UCF can say, wait, we beat Auburn because Auburn beat Alabama. And in your back, you know, your backwards world of college football, whoever beats the other team is the champion. Like it's like it's professional okay. boxing or wrestling. Like, well, you beat him, so you are the champion. It's like a round robin. It is. And so good for uh, UCF, you know, because I'm a fan of Boise State and, you know, those mid-2000 teams when they were sure. beaten up on, on big time. That that game against Oklahoma is outstanding. The 06 Fiesta Bowl, best college football game I've ever seen. Not that I've seen them all, but that's the best right. one I've ever seen. So these, these small these smaller schools... Outside of the power 
conferences, I'm all for them. And this is yeah. one example. So, Yeah, so they are the champions, and they're uh, playing the party like they are. That's true. So good for them. Um, South Carolina beat Michigan. Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh are not having a good New Year's. They're not yeah. having a good 2018, that's for sure. Um, and then Notre Dame beats LSU, so go Irish. So Alabama, Georgia, two SEC teams, blah. Who do you like? Alabama. I want Georgia, but as I've said before, I do want. Them, I want Georgia so bad. Everybody I, wants Bama, right? I don't want Bama. Bring, bring them on, they say, right? But who's ready for them? Look, I like Georgia's defense a lot, right? And and Alabama just is a juggernaut. I want Georgia, and I know I've said they need to win a game, and they did that SEC title game to show me something, but they really got to step it up now. I mean, again, we've talked about Yeah, this is it. This is it. You wanted it, you got it. Right. Now let's see. And nobody can cheapen it by saying, well, Alabama wasn't in it. Alabama's in it. Alabama's here. Georgia, you want this? You have to go through the big dog. You have to go through the big yard. Well, there you go. They're going to earn it. And they better earn it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Moving over to baseball real quick, and not much is happening. The only thing that's really happening right now is that there's an uh, multiple seven-year offers out for Eric Hosmer. This is what the baseball offseason has been. And it's quite frankly, it's it's becoming collusion where none of these players are getting signed. And You I, see it as collusion? I, it's hard not to. I mean, I've talked about, I've, I've given you the reasons why teams don't want to build through free agency. They don't want to drive up the, the market price. So they're just going to wait until the last possible moment, have everybody drop their price a la Ioana Cespedes a couple years ago for the Mets, and then just gobble these up and say, like, well, you know, we'll take you. And the and trades are the other thing, because you're hearing a lot of talk that um, teams are interested in, you know, what's left of the Marlins, uh, Christian Yelich and um, JT Real Muto. Like the Nationals and the Braves are interested in these guys. And it's amazing that the Braves would have anything to offer, but apparently they do. Um, so right now it's just the off season is nobody's getting signed and there are trades happening. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, why compete with with, uh, with the NFL playoffs now? No. You, know, you wait. Because you, fe- you got all of February. Just got to get past it. Even, even the week before the Super Bowl, you can start – Dropping some some signings, some trades, because yeah. you know two weeks on the Super There's Bowl, no rush. two super, two weeks for the Super Bowl coverage is too much, and people want something else. Um, over to the NBA, real quick. Um, the Celtics and the and the Cavaliers, they've got some heat going on, that's for sure. Uh, and I mean that both literally and figuratively, because right. LeBron is a big part of that. Um, yeah, Kyrie Irving has been not happy. And he's been coming out with all the things that he heard and he thought about his time with LeBron. Oh, you know, LeBron calling this is him. kiss and tell. Yes, of course. But Isaiah came, Isaiah Thomas, he formerly of the Celtics, came back right. for one game uh, for the Cavaliers, made a season debut, and showed the world what could really happen uh, with a healthy Isaiah Thomas and LeBron James. Um but then, then he went away. Then he, then he took another day off against the Caval- uh, against the Celtics, because right. he apparently quote he didn't want, uh, he didn't want a um, one of those video tributes. That was a big part of it. But he also might st- his back still hurting. So too much. It's it's still early. It is still early. It is still early. The NBA, the NFL is still cream of the crop right now. Um, uh, moving over very quickly to fantasy sports, uh, big congratulations to my cousin-in-law, Mitch, for winning his second Everyman's um, Fantasy League uh, title. Congratulations. Uh, uh, my friend from high school, Brian, came in second, and my father-in-law, Harvey, came in third place, so good for him. Nice. Uh, I'm distant fifth. And Alex Alex had a chance to take third place again, but he fell short. Against Harvey, so fourth place for him, and I'm right behind him. So, hello to him. There you go, second runner-up. Yep, I'm in the hole. So, hopefully for next year. And if anybody's listening and wants to be a part of the Everyman Fantasy Football League, um, please contact me 
everymansports at gmail.com. On Twitter, at everymansports. You can even call up 626-427-7678 and be a part of the league for next year. Always taking applications, even even if the season just ended, too. Um, I'm also big on the college, um, the playoff, the playoff fantasy football. How about this, Dad? Where in the NFL.com, you can, it's a playoff challenge where you pick players from the week, kind of like a DraftKings, you know, the daily fantasy type stuff. Right. So here's who I got this week. So I've got um, the Jacksonville defense. Um, I've got Drew Brees at quarterback. Okay. Uh, Alvin Kamara at running back. Wow. You, you get to well, this is this is you get to pick. You know, there's no like point spread point system. It's just who uh, do you okay. at each position? Who do you think will be the best performing? Right. So I've got Breeze for this week. I've got Kamara and Kareem Hunt this week. I know Todd Gurley's very popular, but I think Kareem Hunt's going to do really well. Um, and I tried to spread it around too. I didn't want too much from one team. So I've got Cooper Cup. For the for the for the Rams, Julio okay. Jones with the Falcons. Wow. Um, uh, who's that? Kelsey at tight end. Right. Um, the Saints kicker and the Jacksonville defense. So that's those are who I'm picking this week in the fantasy challenge, the playoff well, you, challenge. You've got some good ones there. Yeah, I know people are really high on Tyreek Hill. With Kansas City at wide receiver, Michael Thomas too. But again, I didn't want to stack it too much with one because also as you go through, anybody who's left over from the previous round gets like double the points in the divisional round. So wow, I'm trying to spread out like who's going to get caught up, who can bring up so stuff like that. It's a good idea. Yeah, you got to sprinkle. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. So, so we'll see. All right, Dad. Well, thanks very much for joining me this week. Um, okay, absolutely. In, in your humble abode, staying away from the bomb cyclone of uh, this cold. Yeah, I weather. never heard of such a thing. Well, apparently it's a new name for snow. It's a new name for snow. Now it is very windy and very cold. And um, while we're while the LA is going to be nice and warm, it's going to be negative four degrees here on Saturday. Ooh, on, the east, on the east coast, it's going to be stay warm. inside, stay warm. That's for sure. All right. Well, thanks very much, Dad. Again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Andrew, Happy New Year. It's all yours. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, Visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.